Well, the news is true. At least the news that there is no Christmas celebration in Bethlehem this year. At least not any large festivities. Because of the war taking place, even the tree in Manger Square has not been decorated. In one church nativity, the baby Jesus lies in a pile of rubble. In a recent interview, Dr. Munther Isaac, pastor of the Evangelical Lutheran Christmas Church in Bethlehem, was asked, You are pastoring. What does the gospel say to people who are going through this now? What do you say to the people in Bethlehem? Good question, isn't it? I was curious to hear his answer, as I'm sure you are. We're curious, not merely in a detached way, of course. We're not trying to celebrate Christmas under a literal pile of rubble like they are. And yet, given the challenges that many have faced in recent years, from climate disasters to personal disasters, many feel as if they are trying to celebrate Christmas in or under a depressing amount of rubble. So we want to know We need to know if the gospel has something to say to the people in Bethlehem and to us too. Before I get to what Pastor Isaac had to say to those celebrating Christmas in the literal rubble in Bethlehem, I want to share what he had to say when the same Western interviewer asked him what he would say to churches here in the West. He said, de-romanticize Christmas. Lights and trees have nothing to do with the story of Christmas. In the story of Christmas, he said the backdrop was the census by the emperor. Jesus was born at a time of a ruthless empire who controlled people for taxation, who determined where you live, same as we have here. It's about God unsettling the empires of the world. It's about Jesus being born among a family who became refugees. It's about Jesus surviving a massacre. It's about a cave, he said. It was under very difficult circumstances that Jesus was born. End quote. Why is it so important to de-romanticize Christmas, we might wonder? Not only because it is more real than the Christmas represented in Hallmark card or a Christmas display or, or the version in the Father's adapted Christmas story as we just saw. A romanticized Christmas isn't real. And therefore, the expectations that it shapes in us won't be real either. I heard about an experiment that was conducted with salmon planning to return to their spawning grounds. They were shown hours and hours of, I would call it Hallmark-like video, of what their return journey would be. You know, idyllic with only the occasional little bend in the river. You know how many of those salmon ended up making it back to the spawning grounds? None. They all turned their back when the going got too difficult, more strenuous than they were led to believe. Now, if this study sounds fishy, it is. You're right. <laughs> but, but this is what happens to real people 
who have been fed on a romanticized Christmas. As Pastor Isaac reminds us, it was under very difficult circumstances that Jesus was born. The real Christmas story, he said, is not a fairy tale, which is why Pastor Isaac saw and heard in it a true message of hope for the people trying to celebrate Christmas in the literal rubble of Bethlehem today. I found comfort, said Pastor Isaac. Sorry, he said, the comfort I found, he said, is mainly the idea of the God who is in solidarity with the oppressed. Praying the words of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, feels so right now. I remind my congregation, he said, that Jesus himself prayed that prayer. He felt the same. And when you are victims of extremism, discrimination, and violence, violence even in the name of God, Jesus went through the same experience in this life. God himself, he said, became the victim of the very same violence. He suffers with us. He suffers like us. And this is the comfort the Bible offers us. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. As it says in Matthew chapter 2, uh, chapter 1, verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us in all of life. God knows what it feels like to celebrate Christmas in the rubble because that is where his son celebrated his first Christmas. We can feel forsaken, Pastor Isaac said. It takes faith, and he used the word they use there, samud, which means persistence, resilience. We need to be resilient, he said, in our faith. We have lost everything, homes, loved ones. What we cannot lose is our faith. He concluded his message by saying, I encourage our people to persevere. Lament when you need to, like Jesus did. But remember that God loves us and will be with us in all of the rubble of life when we make room for him in our lives and when we invite him in. Recently, my, uh, our small group, our Bible study group, was having a potluck in our home, and we were sharing Christmas memories. And there was some tremendous uh, stories that were shared, including some from hard times, holidays in the hard times. And I've asked uh, Lois Hammond, one of the people in our group and uh, who works with international students, if she would come and, uh, and share with us a little bit of a story that she shared from a Christmas. Well, I never thought of it as a Christmas verse, actually, until I started thinking about the story that I'm about to tell. The story, the verse is from Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12. 
You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, so that my tongue and my heart and everything glorious within me may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I give thanks to you forever. The time was 1988, the place Calgary. My mother, my best friend, had died the last year at Thanksgiving. My father had moved to BC because it was too lonely. I was alone, anticipating the fall with two great celebrations that I wasn't sure I could face. How could I be thankful this Thanksgiving? How could I face Christmas without overwhelming sadness? So that fall, I decided to take international students into my home because I couldn't bear the thought of living alone any longer. My first international student was a woman and her son. They were refugees from South Africa. When she arrived in my home, she was amazed that I, a white, wanted her, a black, to sit at my table with me. But I insisted. She had seen horrible atrocities as a freedom fighter. Shooting had burst out right in the home where she was sheltering, and many of her friends had died. Now she was in Canada with me. But after a short time, she found more permanent accommodation and moved on. My second international was from the mountains of Peru. A tiny, feisty, tribal lady had come to Canada to pursue her dream, to train so that she could uplift her people. Her brother had been killed by the Shining Path guerrillas, and she was running from life, running from God. Imagine her surprise when we drove into my garage and she saw a sign, Emmanuel, God lives here. <laughs> so you're a Christian? She asked, and that started many profound conversations. Edme was still living with me when that dreaded holiday loomed, and I decided to invite Nomagugu and Gulaleku back, along with my friend who had helped make the connections. I would cook a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, and we would share what we were thankful for. As you can imagine, my small world exploded with international gratefulness. No longer just thankful for turkey or sunshine, but thankful for freedom to worship, freedom to live with so many new life possibilities. And so, you turned my mourning into dancing for me. You put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. God took my grief and put it into perspective in a greater picture. God took the rubble of my sadness and filled me with great joy. It may moved out, and I was again alone, but not for long. A phone call at work, someone desperately needed a place to stay. She and her son were living on the street, and so Faye and Chris came to live with me. They were Christians, churchless and Bibleless. Talk often turned to God, and I grew spiritually along with them. 
They also introduced me to their ragtag friends, people who had psychiatric and social problems, people familiar with prison and brokenness. And yet they were such interesting people. With Christmas approaching, I was again faced with my grief. Could God turn it into celebration? I asked Faye and Chris to invite their friends for Christmas dinner. No presents. They couldn't afford it. However, the first thing in the morning, I gave Chris his gift, a Bible for him, and several New Testaments for him to give to his friends. And I watched his enormous excitement over receiving a Bible. And I had a dozen on my shelf. Later, their friends arrived for dinner, and it was unfiltered God talk. Lively conversations and questions about the real reason for the season. They were just so thankful, so joyful. It was marvelous. Like the despised shepherds of old, they gave glory to God in the highest. And so, God, you have turned my morning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. You, my God, lifted me out of the rubble of my own sadness, gave me a great celebration of joy. You transformed the holidays and enriched my life. Glory to God in the highest. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Lois. I want to invite you uh, to pray with me this evening to the God who comes to us in the midst of rubble and transforms it. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are not a, a greenhouse God who separates himself from the difficulties of this life. You do not confine yourself to the realms of heaven, but you have come and you continue to come into lives that feel like rubble, into the hostilities and places of the world where the hostilities continue. And you come and you offer peace. Lord, we pray that you, we, you would do a Christmas miracle in us. Lord, that you would open our hearts, that you would come into the rubble, and that you would make your home and change us from the inside out and change our world, we pray. Amen.